Hey, everybody. Welcome to season one, episode five of the Cindy Donaldson Show. I'm your host, Cindy Donaldson. I am a serial entrepreneur, full-time RVer. Yes, I live in a van by the river. Um, and I'm a certified high-performance coach, bucket list junkie, and a firm believer that you can have anything in life that you want if you want it badly enough and are willing to put in the work. And my hashtag is life by design. So today... I want to share a little bit kind of what's just rolling around in my gray matter. And in my email this morning, I talked a little bit about don't put baby in a corner, meaning, you know, don't put me in a corner. I, I got things to do and places to go. And I coach a lot around this because people feel like they get pigeonholed into a certain situation. They get pigeonholed into, you know, a relationship in a job and they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. They don't think that they, that there's anything beyond that corner. And the biggest culprits of this sort of thing is my generation, the baby boomers. I mean, we were raised to, you know, get out of college, go to college, get a job, stay in that job for 40 years, retire with a pension, <laughs> jokes on us, pensions don't exist. Although my roommate from college did get a pension because she she did what she got one job out of college and she and her husband both worked for this company for a long time when pensions were still a thing. I, my ADHD, no, I, I could not imagine staying at one job for 30, 40 years. But anyway, that that's, you know, what we were trained to do. And so here's a perfect example. Like when I was in high school, I was really good at all the STEM stuff, science and math. I was especially good at anatomy and physiology and biology. And so somebody told me that I should be a doctor. And I went and took these aptitude tests and I did really well. I aced my SATs, did really well. Got a full academic ride to the University of Connecticut as pre-med. Now, if you know me, like, no, no, I, I would never have made it through med school. Like, good Lord, that is just way too much. And although I'm fascinated with science and I am a junkie for all the medical shows, no desire to ever be a doctor. That's just not my genius. Yet I was pigeonholed into that because I was good at something. Well, go to school, doctor, that's a good job. Yeah, no. So people my age are in jobs and they, even though it's the responsible thing to do, they make good money at it. They're successful. They're deemed as successful and happy and thriving. Inside, they're miserable because they don't want to be an accountant. They don't want to be a lawyer. They don't want to be a doctor. They don't want to run their own. They don't want to. Yet, they feel guilty about doing anything else. Well, what will people think? Oh, my God, I'm going to let my parents down. Oh, my God, I'm going to let my spouse down. Oh, my God, my kids are going to think I'm crazy. By the way, my kids think I'm crazy, and I'm perfectly okay with that. When we told the kids that David, David and I told the kids that we were going to sell everything and go live in an RV traveling instead of going, oh my God, mom, that's family. So like, what? They looked at us with two heads and, you know, or four heads, because there's two of them. And they thought we were crazy. I still think they would think we're crazy. But it's not their life. It's my life. So this pigeonhole thing, this putting baby in a corner thing is a really big deal. So if you have that crazy zoomies on, you know, Thursday going into Friday, 
And then Saturday, you're like, whoa, yeah, Saturday. And then Sunday morning, you wake up and you're like, shit, I got to go to work tomorrow. And all day Sunday, you're a bitch, you're miserable. And Monday morning, you slog through and, you know, then you show up at work and you pretend to be happy. And it's, it's this hamster wheel of life. You're in a corner. You're in a corner. What about relationships? Okay. If you are in a relationship that does not serve you, whether it's a friendship, it's a business partnership, it is a marriage, girlfriend, boyfriend situation, whatever, and you are not happy, yet you're staying because you feel guilty because if you leave, the person's going to get hurt. Or if you leave, something's going to fall apart. Or if you leave this or, or, oh my God, what will people think? Or, oh my God, you know, your religious guilt, your parent. I mean, for me, I've got Catholic guilt. I got mommy guilt. And I've got all that guilt that my parents stuck in my head, which was a lot of shit. I can tell you that. And someone, I swear to God, I'm Jewish. I swear to God. Oh, by the way, which here's side note, ADD kicking in. Um, I finally broke down and I ordered 23andMe on Prime Day. Now, my daughter, who's an attorney, I know she's going to laugh when she hears this. She's like, do not do that, mom. You know, people are going to have your information, blah, blah, blah. And I am convinced that I have some kind of Jewish blood in me. One, I have a relative whose last name was Fink, whom my family told me forever was Irish. And everybody's telling me that no, that's a completely Jewish name, like Finkelstein or Finkelstein, whatever. And so I'm doing it. I think I've got Jewish guilt. Anyway, back to the guilt thing. People stay there because they feel guilty. And my mentor and I, PK, were just talking about this in my coaching session with him on Saturday. He's like, Cindy, the guilt thing is real. And he has to call me out on it a lot because I don't even recognize when I'm holding myself back because of guilt. I do things because I feel guilty, right? I am, I'm very empathetic and I, will, I have a hard time saying no to somebody, especially if I love them. So if they ask me to do something, even though at the bottom of my soul, I don't want to do it, I find myself doing yet, saying yes, and having boundaries around that is very difficult for me. Talk about mommy guilt. My kids know that big time, man. And if you don't think your kids know about the mommy guilt thing, you're under a rock because they know about the mommy guilt thing and they will use the mommy guilt thing. My kids are masters. They won't admit it, but they're masters at the mommy guilt thing. Catholic guilt. Oh my God. Catholic guilt is crazy. And I'm sure, again, I don't know if I'm Jewish back there, but when I talk to like, you know, my friends who are Jewish, they're like, oh yeah, Jewish guilt has Catholic guilt. Like, you know, you think Catholic guilt is bad, Jewish guilt is even worse. So anyway, we are often driven by that guilt gene. We really are. So if you find yourself in that situation and you can't flip the switch, to say, okay, this is guilt driving it. I'm going to like, you know, not happening. Not today, Satan, blah, blah, blah. If you can't flip that switch, then you, it's a probably a sign you need to go to therapy because there's some past trauma, some PTSD or something. And, you know, I shared with a couple of my clients this week. I'm like, you know, I think you need to, there's some, something else going on. I think a therapy appointment would be really good. Let's flesh it out because I'm not a shrink. I don't deal with the past as a coach and a mentor. I deal about going forward, right? And so if you are able to flip that switch in your mind and recognize, oh shit, I did it again. I'm feeling bad. I did, like, I, I didn't let my kid go on that camping trip when they were five. And now every time they ask me for something, I feel guilty about it. So I'm saying yes, right? 
Or I say, stay in a job that I'm miserable in because, oh, what would the team do if I left? Oh my God, what would the boss do if I, like, I help all the time, but I don't want to do it. What will my spouse think? What will my kids think? What will, like, you know, I just want to, in my email this morning, I had a fictional character. Her name was Sally. And Sally was an accountant, didn't want to be an accountant, but she was good at math. Her parents told her to be an accountant. And she just wanted to sell seashells on the seashore. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not Pollyanna. Like, I get that you have responsibilities. There was a time in my life where I had four flipping jobs, right? My husband, who I had tried to get rid of for years, yet I was a breadwinner. He left when my money ran out and I was in the middle of a lawsuit. And I was left with a house that was falling apart, no money. Like I was being sued by some, it was a mess. My life was a mess and I had to work four jobs. And that was a point in my life, like I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I went into therapy, got on some meds. I was able to like even keel it out. And then I worked with a coach to move forward. And I recognize now that when I'm kind of in that downward spiral, and again, this goes back to the reticular activating system, that mesh that sits over your brain. If you are constantly telling yourself that, well, I got to stay in this job. I, I got to do it. I got to stay here till I retire. Got to do it. Or, you know, oh, I can't leave this relationship because, you know, my husband will have a meltdown if I leave him, even though he's a dick. Or what will my kids do? Oh, my God, I can't be, a you know, a single mom. I can't. If you constantly tell yourself that shit, your brain's going to think that. And it's not going to allow you to see the opportunities. Like that is real science. Go ahead and Google RAS, reticular activating system, because it drives so much that you don't realize. Your subconscious is so incredibly powerful. But on the flip side, if you start saying, you know what, this is temporary. So even in that, even when I was in some of my darkest times, after, you know, I did the, did the therapy thing, figured out that the stuff wasn't my fault, that, it, you know, I am doing the right thing for me and my family and all of that. And I felt good about it. I was able to identify when I was putting myself in a corner. And when I was starting to think, oh, you know, I can't see the light. I'm going to be here. This is the way it is. It is what it is. I say that a lot. It is what it is. Um. When I say that in a negative way, though, where I don't see myself having another option, I recognize that as, oh, this isn't good, Cindy. Flip the switch. There's always an opportunity. There's always a sunshine. There's always a way out of it. There's always a way to walk out of the corner. I don't have to be pigeonholed. And when I start making decisions based on what people may think of those decisions versus what's in my soul, Again, huge red flag. I have trained myself through a lot of years of work on me to say, not today, Satan, I'm moving on. So one of the things about me is I'm a bucket list junkie. I completed my first bucket list and, um, and then I had to create another one and I finished that. And now, and now I kind of have a rolling one where I have specific things on my bucket list that I want to do and I put dates next to them or at least date ranges. Like this is what I want to do. And I really start actively thinking about it. So during COVID or before COVID hit, I was taking a four month sabbatical to travel through the Middle East. I wanted to go to Turkey and Israel and Lebanon and Jordan and 
do the whole thing. And then COVID hit and I couldn't go. And we were also going to go spend um, a summer and live in Italy. And then COVID hit and couldn't go. So um, those things are still on my list. And so now I'm kind of navigating, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And I'm starting to put dates on those again and actively start planning for them. Because you can put things on your bucket list, but unless you actually put a date to them, right? A goal is a dream with a deadline. Napoleon Hill, same thing. When you make yourself a priority and realize that having fun and living your life, you don't need anybody's permission and you surely don't need to feel guilty about it, things change. Both of my parents died very young. My mother was 45. She was diagnosed with stage four terminal breast cancer at the age of four, 40, not four, 40, um, and was given two months to live. She got into some trials, lived five years, but her quality of life was miserable, right? And she never obviously made it to retirement. My father died at 66. He had COPD, emphysema, serious lung issues, and um, had to retire early from his job, not to do fun things, but because he physically couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Excuse me. And I remember my parents, like they would not spend money because this was my father more so than my mother, because you had to save it for retirement. He would cut pills in half. It's too expensive. I have to save money for retirement. They never made it there. They never made it there. So if you think that you have time that you can do it later, you're living under a rock because we don't know what that means. And I'm not trying to be negative here, but this isn't a dress rehearsal. The curtain is up and you are the lead of your life. Don't allow yourself to be in that corner. Don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, when people ask why I do what I do and why did I sell my house to go travel and why am I obsessed with bucket lists and why do have I had so many companies and why do I flit around and do all my crazy stuff? It's because of that. It's because of that. I refuse to be my parents. I refuse to live like them. I refuse to think like them. And I refuse to end up like them. A sad and sort of I know it sounds a little selfish and bitchy and, and maybe it is. And I'm, I'm not going to apologize for that. I do not want to be my parents. They weren't even happy when they were younger. Like I don't ever remember my parents being happy. And that's so sad. It's so sad. So I've talked a lot about this not being in the corner thing, right? And it's really about making a conscious decision that you don't want to be there. So how do you get out of it? How do you get out of it? So one, you make the decision. You put yourself a priority and say, you know what? I matter. This isn't a dress rehearsal. I am stage center. I am the lead and I'm going to take control of my life. That's one. Two, you're not going to let other people dictate your life, nor will you let guilt drive those decisions. Back to, you know, I'm going to be a doctor or Sally be an accountant. No, you're not going to let those things dictate your future. Three, you're going to be actively intentional about the things you want out of life. Go back to one and two. You're not going to let other people drive those decisions. You're going to allow yourself to dream. 
have a bucket list, write it down, put dates, take chances, do the fun shit now. Go. Is there a place you've always wanted to visit? Go. You don't have money to do it? Figure it out. If you want something badly enough, you will figure it out. I wanted to change my life. I worked four jobs. Now, I know some of you don't have the ability, but I can promise you, if you want something badly enough, you'll figure it out. And if you haven't read Napoleon Hill's Thinking Grow Rich, please go read the damn book because that is the premise of the book, right? He wrote the book based on like, why are people successful? And back then it was probably very money driven, but it's how to get what you want out of life. How to achieve things in your life that people tell you that you can't achieve. One, you need to make the conscious decision to do it. Two, don't let other people dictate your life. Three, actually take the intentional and make that happen. Four, recognize that it is a journey, that it is a roller coaster. And that journey will be, the way you envision that journey will be vastly different than the way the journey turns out. <coughs> Excuse me. But you keep your eye on the prize, the end game. You keep your eye on the prize at the end game. Next, know that opportunities will present themselves that may completely shift the trajectory of your life in a way that you didn't even think it was going to. That wasn't even on your freaking radar. And it's okay to go that path. It's okay. And if you don't like it, you turn around and you come back. Totally okay. My mentor, PK, says, you know, I hate that, the road less traveled thing. Like, don't like it, turn around. I cannot tell you. Like, people, you know, this whole fear of failure thing and this whole don't quit thing, I call bullshit on the don't quit thing. Now, yes, a lot of people quit right before they have success. We've all seen that that um, that photo where, you know, people are digging and digging and they're like an inch away from the gold and they turn around because it got hard. I'm not talking about that, right? You don't quit when the going gets tough, but you do quit if it doesn't serve you anymore. I have closed companies that don't serve me. I've gotten rid of business partners that don't serve me. I have left relationships and friendships and family members that don't serve me. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. I do. And not everybody can do that. I get it. I'm not Pollyanna. It's easier for me um, than others, mainly because I grew up very much a survivor, and um, which is a great skill to have, but it's a terrible place to stay. I had to learn how to thrive and not just survive. So when you grow up with a survival mentality or in that kind of um, life, you're always waiting for the shoe to drop. And it's very hard to just be and be happy and accept that good things can happen to you and not feel guilty about doing things for yourself. Moms, I get you. We are so, and some dad, I shouldn't, I should not, I should, I'm sorry, dads. I should say parents, parents, you get me. Like we pour so much into our children and that's just part of raising small children. Like you, you do sacrifice yourself a little because they have to be fed and, and they become your world. But they grow up, God willing, right? They grow up. And then it's time to focus on you again. It's that whole empty nesting that people freak out about. 
And it's not as much that they miss their children. They just don't know what to do with themselves. It's real. It's real. I was never one of those like, you know, constant uh, smothering moms. And I didn't think I'd have any problem with my kids moving out. But it was like, all of a sudden, it's like, it's just me. And then when I got into a relationship with Dave, it was just me and Dave. And I've never lived by myself. Something most people probably don't know about me. I've never lived by myself. I've traveled by myself. I've, I've not taken a vacation by myself, but obviously I've traveled by myself and gone on business trips and stuff. But I've never traveled by myself. I've never gone to a movie by myself. The only time I've eaten at restaurants by myself is when like I had like a business, it, it was always business related or I'm kind of traveling, but I never like went out to dinner by myself. It was, you know, grab a lunch or whatever. So I've never done those things. And it's not that I'm afraid to, they just simply do not appeal to me. Like traveling by myself would be so anxiety provoking. It doesn't throw me because I get lost in paper bags. Now, could I push myself outside the comfort zone and do that? Yeah, but it's, it serves me no purpose, I guess. Nothing grand in my life is going to happen if I go travel by myself. I'd much rather do it with friends. But circling back to how to get out of, how to get out of the corner. It is a constant. It's not like you flip a switch in your brain and all of a sudden you're never going to be in a corner again, right? This is something you need to train your brain on. And it is a constant work in progress because naturally, because we live in a, a guilt-ridden society, naturally we will feel some kind of guilt every time we, unless you're completely narcissistic, which most of the people on my podcast, I'm assuming are not, um, we're going to have some guilt around it. And I'm telling you, it's okay to live your life. It's okay to eat the cake. It's okay to take the vacations. It's okay to stay in your pajamas all day and watch Netflix. If that's what you need and what really makes you happy at that point. It is okay if you have 15 degrees and you're working at a seven or eight figure job and that job makes you miserable. It is okay to go sell seashells on a beach someplace if that's what you really want to do. And you're not hurting anybody. You're not hurting yourself. And again, not Pollyanna. Sometimes those things take some planning, right? Like we, I just didn't wake up one day and, you know, walk out of my house and move into the RV. It took some planning. But I, was, I made a, a conscious decision, like on this date and tomorrow, it'll be four years that we moved out of our house which is a very bittersweet day because I love the house, but tomorrow is four years. It's my RV anniversary. Um, it took some planning, like several years, but I stuck to it and did it. So the, the corner thing is big and I want you to recognize it. And I want you to recognize that you do not have to stay there, right? You can go live in a van by the river. You can sell the damn seashells by the seashore and hang out with Sally if that's what you want. But it starts with you. And if you can't flip that switch in your head, go get some therapy. And then come back and, and you know, and work with a coach or, you know, 
there's there's tons of like books on this find a friend to do some fun stuff with but please do not put off until tomorrow what you can do today this is not a dress rehearsal sending big love from new york sorry the lighting's kind of crappy i'm still not, the rv's right there's tilly the rv right behind me for those of you on youtube you can see it but it is very hot here and I'd have to turn the generator on and or to have the AC and I would just be sweating gross. And so I didn't want to, but anyway, I'm Cindy Donaldson. I'm your bucket list junkie. And you can just call me baby today because nobody's going to put me in the corner. And uh, I'm off to get my oil changed in my Jeep because there's been a stupid alarm going off going, it's time to change your oil. And um, we're renovating a rental property. I'm calling it the uh, the rental property from Hades. So I've got to go to pick up a bunch of stuff at Lowe's. And yeah, I'm putting on my pink tool belt. Yeah, I've got one of those. It's 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 another side of Cindy that you may not know, but I love breaking apart shit. And Dave and I are really good at remodeling houses. So we got this rental property that we have with my son. And um, we had some squatter tenants in there that we had to evict. And now we're kind of cleaning up the mess. But we're going to make it all pretty again. And the market's really hot right now. So I'm pretty sure we're going to sell it for a really nice cost at really nice price. Um, and hopefully some new owners who will love it. So I am out of here. See you soon. And if you want to get on my email list, you can go to cindy-donaldson.com. Sign up every Monday and Thursday morning. I send out some fabulous musings and you can kind of catch up on, you know, where I am in my RV travels, get some insight into my life, some personal development, tips lots of love and kind of where you can find me in the world i'm kind of like waldo like where's cindy it's kind of fun anyway sending big love talk to you soon bye